Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello everyone and we're back for another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business and today is Q&A. So I have chosen a brilliant question that someone asked in my powerful five-day challenge. So just so that you know, I run my five-day challenge to trust your intuition uh, every three months and because I've just done one round in October, um, just pencil in that the next one is going to be in January. And let me just check the exact date for you so you can pencil it in because it's quite an intense event, but it's also an incredibly transformative one. And I want to make sure you have it in your diary so that you make the time to come and play with us um, so that you can um, ramp up your uh, intuition and your trust in your intuition. That is super important. So let me quickly check the dates for the challenge in January. Pencil it in right away because I know how things go. If you don't, uh, you're going to forget and then you'll have such a busy week that week and then you won't take part and then you'll have to wait for another three months. And honestly, I want everyone to be able to embrace their intuition as soon as possible. So the date is the 16th of January. So that was one special announcement I have for you uh, in this episode. Now, the question that was asked in the five-day challenge that I picked for today for our Q&A is how to get other people on the intuition train. And I absolutely love this question. So I'm going to answer this question today, but I also want you to let me know if you have any questions about intuition whatsoever that you would like to ask me. Because of course, this podcast, I really want this podcast to be of interest to you and to answer the questions that you have. So our next Q&A session is going to be on the 29th of November. We have a four-week cycle where I do a topic. I cover a topic linked to intuition and business. Uh, the following week, I interview a guest. Uh, then I do either book review or talk about books within your business and what you can do. And then the last uh, episode of the four-week cycle is the Q&A. So we're going to start a new cycle next week, just to say. So let's get stuck into the answer to that question. First, I want to say what a good question it is. I just love it so much. And I love it so much because it is something that I have been wondering and that a lot of people have told me, like, if only other people could understand the power of intuition, how can I, or they're afraid that other people will find them weird or that is going to impact their reputation if they start uh, being openly in intuitive and I've had this problem myself I held back on my on talking about intuition within my business for decades because I was afraid of the stigma so the short answer to the question is you can't you can't get anyone 
on board the intuition train unless they're ready to do that. So you need to stay on your train, on your tracks. And do you know how, um, we're gonna go for the long answer now because that's where the juice is. But do you know how, when you wanna teach a child something, words don't teach, it is acts that, that do. So you will get people on the intuition train by sharing your intuition stories and by sharing your results, the results that you get with intuition. Okay, so it's the same as with getting fit uh, about it's the same as when you you want to help people forgive or teach them about forgiveness, or even it's the same when you want to teach people how to stop being racist. If they're not ready, it's just not going to happen, but you can model it and you can inspire them. Okay, so give up on making anyone do anything. It just doesn't work. Right. Let's just put a line under this, we are not getting other people on the intuition train. What we're doing there is we're going to inspire. But first, I want to share two stories with you um, that I actually experienced in my private life with regards to intuition. And I'm so glad I have because it actually put a stop to my own attitude on trying to get people on board. So this was more about Reiki, but it's going to be the same, uh, whether it's Reiki, whether it's intuition, whether it's, uh, you know, um, this formidable supplement that you have found that has, uh, you know, completely changed your health. You will not convince anyone unless you learn that it's not your job to convince anyone. Okay. So the first story I want to share is the story about my dad. Uh, I discovered Reiki in 2005, and I was training as a Reiki master in 2008, just before Christmas. And I remember that very, very clearly, because that's when my mum sent us an email to say that dad had a brain tumor. Yeah, she did that by email. That was wonderful. So anyway, um, I discovered Reiki. And of course, the first thing I wanted to do was to do some Reiki on my dad to help him with his brain tumor. And I wanted the world to know about Reiki because um, Reiki is such a wonderful modality. I was on a mission, you know, I just wanted to, if anybody said they had something that wasn't working, said, do you want some Reiki? Now I wasn't forcing it on anyone, but I was on a mission. I was evangelical because I had just discovered this thing. And I thought if everybody knew about Reiki, the world would be such a better place. And I still feel the same about intuition, but I come at it from such a different angle. So I offered my dad Reiki on a regular basis and I even sent him Reiki instantly without his permission. And I'm going to talk about this right now because it's important. Um, it is not okay to send healing to someone without their permission, but you can ask their higher self for permission. And at the same time, I think spiritual healing and Reiki are very different from that perspective in that um, at least the way I practice Reiki, I don't ask for an outcome and I always ask that it's for the highest good of the person. So I do not ask for people to heal because I am very aware that when we are ill, there is a message in that illness. 
your body is trying to tell you something and it's something important. And by removing that message, by trying to fix the problem, you are actually depriving the person of a journey of understanding about their health, about their lives or anything else. Okay. So I never do that. Absolutely not. And I know that Reiki is an energy that has its own intelligence. So it will not interfere with a person's karma or path or whatever or lesson that they're learning from having this illness but my dad always refused Reiki no 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 he was a doctor he was completely into the medical thing uh, and so his brain tumor actually had a journey of of uh, let me just calculate five years and that's because it wasn't cancerous. But if you know anything about brain tumors, uh, some are operable, some are inoperable. My dad's was inoperable. So there was, you know, he had to go through chemo the same way as people who have cancer because it was a tumor and it was in his brain and it was growing in his brain. I, I actually like to think of it as a tree that was growing within his mind and that eventually took over. Um, it helped me in a, in a really strange way to see it as, and he loved trees. So I, I, I love to see the poetry in it. And I realized right away when I learned about his tumor that this was going to be his exit strategy, that he was on his way to die. It took five years, but he was on his way to die. So he turned down every single offer of me to, um, to send him Reiki. And that was such a brilliant lesson for me. It was a painful one, but it was a brilliant lesson. Uh, a lesson for me to stay in my lane and not to interfere with other people's lives, healths, or anything else. It's none of my business. And I finally came to terms. Um, it was very, very painful. But in 2009, when he had his first remission, uh, after a year of, of um, chemo um, chemotherapy, I don't even know how to pronounce that word in English. Um, I had been sending him Reiki on a regular basis without telling him. And when I said, oh, I'm so glad you're better. Um, I hope the Reiki helped. He actually not only said no, but he asked my mother to send me an email because he was not a computer man. He didn't even know how to use a keyboard, but he asked her to specifically send me an email to let me know that he credited 100% his doctors and none of my um, nonsense Reiki, basically. So he was very blunt about it and very direct and, and very clear that I had none, nothing to do with his recovery. So what a slap. That was a huge slap, but I can see how it was a huge blessing because it taught me how to stay in my lane and not interfere with other people's businesses. And as I didn't learn the lesson right away, I mean, I started to, I had a second episode, but this time with my husband, my husband of 20 years. I mean, we haven't been married for 20 years, but we've been together for 20 years. Um, so same thing with my husband. I've been offering him some Reiki and he consistently refuses, even when he is in excruciating pain. It's not his thing. He doesn't want to hear about it. He doesn't want me to do anything. He's doing his own thing. And he absolutely has the right to do that. Right? Even though 
I know my husband is a natural healer because he actually healed me uh, one of my ankles. Uh, when we moved into the house we're in here in 2003, I think it was in the spring after that. So the spring 2004, I was actually starting to learn about spiritual healing. I, when I walked out onto the patio, I caught my foot on a, um, a step and twisted my ankle backwards. It was just so painful. I screamed. And of course, my husband heard me run out and had me sat down, sit down, sorry, held my, my ankle. And I literally went from being in his crushing, eating pain and not knowing if I would be able to walk for weeks to the pain completely gone just by him holding my foot. It was mind blowing. Uh, but to him, he just, I couldn't tell him about that. It, he was just, he's just not open to that sort of stuff. And I had to respect that. Again, that was such a good lesson about boundaries. You need to be clear about your boundaries and other people's boundaries. You will never be able to convince anyone. And there's, there's also a very, very clear line. Do not share whatever you get intuitively about other people. This is not on. I actually had to let go of one of my friends and I, I, I loved her dearly, but she constantly taught me things about whatever it is in my life because her guides told her or her intuition told her and I had never asked her to give me any information. It wasn't welcome. It was disturbing me. And in the end, I just had to put the stop and say, no, that's it. And, and I would never want to have a friend like that. And I would never want to be the friend, uh, that kind of friend to anyone else. Okay, this is why I'm so clear when I do my live readings and wherever um, you need to ask me specifically for a card if you go come onto my Monday live readings, because otherwise I will not pull a card for you because you haven't given me permission. Permission for me is absolutely vital. I'm not that kind of psychic that snoops into other people's lives. In fact, I'd rather not because I have enough going on in my life that I don't need to scan anyone else. I don't need to go and find out what they think. You know, it's, it was really interesting. Over the weekend, I was having a, a podcast interview with a gentleman in the US that I'd never met before. And he was like, you know, what, what's your intuition telling you? And I was like, I haven't asked my intuition. We're having a conversation. I don't need to. I, I use my intuition in very specific opportunities, in very specific um context that is clear for me and and yeah because using your intuition does require a lot of your energy and you don't want to be like completely draining your energy all the time by allowing messages here left right center all the time there was also a very interesting discussion during my last um uh, five-day challenge where um someone was mentioning the fact that her guides were waking her up in the middle of the night and I said to her, look, this used to happen to me, but that's because I didn't make enough time during the day. And I wasn't clear with my guides that I don't want to be woken up in the night. I need my sleep. It's super important. But of course, if I didn't make enough space in my in my life, then that's the only time they can have my attention because that's the only time I'm on my own and I'm going to listen to them. So boundaries with your intuition and your guides as well. Super important. And I'm incredibly thankful, even though it has been difficult for me, to both my dad and my husband, because they helped me to grow my inner strength with regard to my intuition. They helped me not to seek validation from them. They helped me to, to self, um, how do you say, self-refer. Um, and I think that should be the same for you. But that doesn't mean that you don't need a community. And that's why I created my group, 
my free group, which I hope you've joined as far as you're, um, um, you know, right now, because it's so important to, uh, if you want to start on your intuition journey, and, you know, I always compare it to a seed that's planted in the ground. If you start exposing the seed or digging it up because you want to show other people or you want to know if it's right and everything else, your seed is never going to grow. So as with everything, intuition, healing, spirituality, you have to be very careful um, who you share this information with, because there's going to be the skeptics that are going to be so, so quick to discard what you, what's happening and to um, you know, literally walk all, all over your plant and kill it. And that's because you're triggering them. That's because they have their own beliefs. That's because they have their own agenda, which is not yours. So when you're um, growing that beautiful plant of intuition or healing or spirituality, whatever it is in your life, make sure that you expose that plant to the right terrain, to the right weather, to the right lighting and, and watering, and that, that plant can flourish and 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 grow and become strong before you go and brave the elements, before you go and talk to people who are skeptics and anyone that you might want to get on the intuition train. Okay. And it's funny for the audience, um, I'm going to explain to you, but I actually drew a little train that says intuition train in my notes, because I thought that was such a powerful, um, a powerful way to look at intuition. You know, I'm going to sell tickets to get on my intuition train, but I'm not gonna drag people to the station to come and buy their ticket. Uh, what I'm gonna say is I'm gonna tell people, you know, what is going to be the right for them if they use intuition? Oh my God, the synchronicities, the stories, everything else, okay? But it's important as well to look after ourselves and look at our own stuff, you know, the, the, the things that are not healthy within us. And I had a lot and I'm so, grateful to my husband and my dad to help me crush my people-pleasing habits, to help me trust in myself and, and get let go of external approval, and to also test my own resolve. I had to do it without their approval. It's actually, there, it's almost like I had to do it despite their rejection, but it's made me a better person and it's made our relationship a lot healthier because I was no longer an enabler. I was no longer trying to save them. I was no longer into that rescuer mentality. You're not here to rescue anyone. If, um, you know, half the population decided that, and, and that's actually a lot more at the moment, never to use intuition and to completely ignore what you're saying, it's their absolute right. And you have to respect that. Okay, so how do we get people on board the intuition train? I'm still going to answer that question now, but with a different slant on it. Okay, and you're going to do it the same as you do with your kids if you have children. And if you don't, um, you can still apply it in this in your um, in your in your life because you will have seen it. You don't convince people with words. You convince people by modeling the behavior, by showing your results but also by sharing stories, right? Stories of intuition, stories that inspire other people. So that people look at you and say, I want what he or she has. I want what they have. Tell me how to get intuition into my life. Tell me how to use my intuition in my business so I can have the success stories that you have by reducing the stress in my business and increasing the joy and the fun and the synchronicities. 
and all the magic that happens when you follow your intuition. That's how I'm going to convince people. That's how you are going to convince people. That's how we're going to start the intuitive revolution. And that is why every four weeks on this podcast, I come and interview guests about their story of intuition. Now, the problem about sharing your stories of intuition is that there is a resistance and the resistance is real. The resistance is because people are afraid to be ridiculed if they share a story that is not rational, that doesn't look like it comes from the intellect. They're afraid that they're not going to be taken seriously. Or they're even afraid that they're going to be considered craps. You know, for the longest of time, I hid my intuition and my psychic gift because I was afraid it was going to tarnish my reputation. My reputation as a lawyer, my reputation as a clinical hypnotherapist. So I almost like split myself in two that doesn't work that doesn't work we all need to be brave enough to model what intuition looks like in action in different areas of business or life without us turning into someone we're not we can still stay ourselves we don't have to turn into fluffy unicorns i shared that when i went to networking a business networking event a couple of weeks ago and i had everyone smiling when i said you don't have to turn into a fluffy unicorn but it's true you can remain exactly yourself and think about all the amazing entrepreneurs or um, geniuses of the world that have said and credited their intuition. They didn't change. They were still the same people. Think Einstein. Think Richard Branson. Think, think Oprah Winfrey. Think um, Steve Jobs. You know, Steve Jobs wasn't a fluffy unicorn. He uh, was very grounded, but he also believed in the spirituality that could meet the, the world of business. That was one of his dreams. He always talked about following your heart, following your intuition. But he wasn't wearing crystals. He didn't meditate. He didn't show that he meditated for hours. Um, I don't know if he drank wine and, and coffee, but there was none of that fashion around intuition, if that makes any sense. Intuition is not going to change you because you were born intuitive from the day that you were uh, on this planet. What it does, though, is that it enhances everything. So the resistance to share uh, the stories is real also because until you train your intuition, until you learn to use it on demand, your intuition stories are likely to be negative. And it gives intuition a bad rap. I'm going to share with you the first incredibly powerful stories of intuition. I might have shared it already in the, on the podcast. I'm not 100% sure. I still want to share it with you. It was incredibly negative. And that's why I wanted to forget about it right away. And also, I wanted to forget about it right away because it was spooky and, and creepy. And, and it made me feel uneasy because it was supernatural. And the supernatural has a bad press. Look at what the media does about the supernatural. It's always about evil. It's always about bad things happening to people. But intuition can be positive. But initially, until you train it, intuition is here to keep you safe. So it will be associated with extreme situation. Now, I remember, for example, um, Doreen Virtue, who actually opened my eyes to the world of healing and intuition. Um, sharing that uh, how she awakened to her own intuition was because she heard a voice tell her to lock her car or something like that before she was mugged and she avoided being mugged that way. I'm going to give you the example of what happened to me in 1986 in Paris where I was born. 
I was a law student back then. I was coming back from a placement where I was working and I had planned to go shopping in a very commercial street called Rue de Rennes in Montparnasse. And um, I've, because my, I'm, I mean, I'm not into shoes and bags, I'm into books and music. So we have Rue de Rennes, uh, an institution called Dafnac, which is an amazing multi-story shop uh, where you can find all about literature, all about music, all about equipment. Uh, and it's just amazing. So I had planned to go there for uh, after work. But the moment I reached the station, it was the Montparnasse station precisely, I suddenly felt super tired and I just couldn't be bothered to go. And what happened is um, my parents lived um, Boulevard Aspai back then. So two stations from Montparnasse. So I decided not to go. But by the time I got two stations down the line and come out the metro uh, station onto the road or the street, the boulevard to be precise, uh, we were just at the corner of the um, Montparnasse Cemetery, for those of you who've been in Paris. I saw all these emergency vehicles zoom by and it was so loud, I had to cover my ears. It was just, an, it was just crazy. And I could feel something terrible had happened. I had to wait for the eight o'clock news to find out. And I found out that a bomb exploded exactly at the place I would have been at exactly the time I would have been that day. So basically my intuition saved my life. But it, because it was associated to negative event, I didn't want to hear about it. I didn't even mention it to my parents. I put a lid on the box and I stored it and I thought, okay, I'm alive, good. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about intuition. I didn't really want intuition to happen again, even though it had saved my life, right? Second story around intuition, again, negative, but this time I didn't listen to my intuition. Uh, my first husband and I had just had a baby. I think my son was... Um, perhaps a year old, something like that. And we'd gone to a dinner party at one of my best friends uh, in Léal, in the Quartier of Léal. I don't know if you've been to Paris, it's just above the river. It's a very commercial area, that has a, um, a really, really special shopping center, um, a church, outside there's a garden. It's a really lovely place to visit. But what tourists don't know is that it's also an area of um, drug dealing, or it was back then anyway. So my friend lived next to the Centre Pompidou, which you might have visited, where there's incredible, um, you know, modern art exhibitions. And uh, we had parked, my, my first husband didn't drive, so I parked the car, we went to the dinner party. And when the dinner party was over, I said to my, I had a, I had a really bad feeling. And I said to my husband, can you please come with me to go and get the car? I don't wanna go on my own. It was nighttime. And he refused. He just like, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. Don't be irrational. You know what people do, especially to women when they have that intuitive feeling. And I didn't want to sound ridiculous. I didn't want him to think I was irrational. I didn't want to make a fuss at my friends. Um, he was extremely cynical. He was a lawyer. And I don't know, I, I caved in. And I wish I hadn't because uh, within five minutes, I was attacked by a drug, drug addict who took all my money and nearly also raped me. And I'm lucky to have been able to, to you know, uh, run away from him. I went to get the car, came back, picked up my son and my husband and, and felt awful for not listening to my intuition, not having more courage to stand for myself. So these are two stories of intuition. And you can see, this is, this is my, my early days in my 30s. You can see how they would have not made me very fond of my intuition because it was always negative. And I didn't know anyone to talk to about it. So I didn't share these things with them. 
I just kept it within. And I never got good stories until I learned how to use my intuition in my life for the better. Um, you know, if you think about it, and I'm sure that's happened to you, um, there's so many words that are associated with intuition uh, or paranormal activity. Spooky, weird, scary. I mean, we're in Halloween season. We just did Halloween yesterday. And, um, you know, it's all associated with witches. And what do the witches look like? They look horrible. They have green faces. They have... Uh, warts, they they have black hearts and they haunt children and have these horrible cauldrons where things are bubbling, maybe they're even cooking children, you know, the imagination of people is just incredible. Creepy, intuition is associated with superstition, that is actually the first chapter in my book that's going to come out on the 18th of November, the difference between intuition and superstition. Uh, we find it frightening or we say, oh, my God, can you believe this happened, this happened? And then we feel all, you know, um, how can I say, like flustered or, or we like to scare ourselves about our intuition. But one of the reasons why this happened, um, I, I can guarantee you that everybody has had an experience with intuition. But if it goes against their beliefs, their core beliefs, of I'm not intuitive, intuitive is not reliable, intuition is spooky, I don't want to see ghosts, they are going to discard their intuition stories and put them like their amygdala uh, is going to, um, I think it's the hippo, um, hippocampus that organizes, it might be the hypothalamus, I never can distinguish between the two, I just call them the two hippos and we're just going to have to leave it at that. So one of the hippos is in charge of um, clumping together events and memories in order to make sense and to create beliefs. Now, if you have a belief that intuition is not safe, that it's not reliable, or that it's going to get you into trouble. And I know as a child, I got into so much trouble by, you know, knowing certain things that I wasn't supposed to know, especially about adults that spooked them. And of course, they felt that they were exposed and they wanted to... Um, get me to shut up as a child and not look at them in the way that I did. And, and so, of course, I would bury my intuition and not want to honor it and not want to let it grow, like the plant that we mentioned at the start of this podcast. So my belief is that we need more intuition stories. And we are having a very special competition this month apart from the fact that this week is my birthday week so i have we have a competition every day and i'm going to talk about it in a minute but this month we have a competition for the whole month about intuition stories so if you want to tag me on facebook on linkedin um i think these are the two main platforms i'm active on with the hashtag intuition story um you will be entered in a draw to, to be selected. Now, I'm not going to use a random generator. I'm going to pick the story that I find is the most powerful, but I want a story in business because my podcast is about having these stories every month. And I want to tell you one thing is that I only interview people every four weeks. So my calendar fills up very, very quickly. I'm already down to March for next year and I'm going to plan all my guests uh, for, for 2022 um, 
before Christmas. So this spot on my podcast that I reserve for people who are going to share these stories and take part in the competition in November is a very special spot that you might not get in a long, long time unless um, you get past... (laughs) You get past my filter um, to be seen as a guest on my podcast, okay? So, come and share your story of intuition about business. Maybe you've started a business on an intuition that nobody else believed in. Maybe you, um, you decided to go to a conference uh, on the spur of the moment uh, without any sort of plan. And then you met someone at that conference that was sat next to you on, a, on, on, the, you know, on the row where you were um, that turned out to be the perfect person maybe to help you write a book. Uh, something like that. These are the stories that I want on my podcast. So can, please come and share them in my group on my page or on LinkedIn and tag me. Okay. Um, I will select the winner at the end of the month uh, on the 30th and and you'll be booked in uh, in December. Now I have to, let me just check on my spreadsheet what day is the day for our guest in December with the cycle. Uh, That will be on the 13th of December, okay? So that will be when the person um, will be interviewed Uh, announced on the 1st of December and interviewed on the 13th, okay? Now, I also want to tell you about my birthday week because my birthday is on Saturday uh, and I'm going to give away a prize every day. You can sign up and I will put the list, uh, the link in the show notes. If you sign up for my author newsletter, because obviously I'm also launching my book, so I'm combining the two every day before one o'clock, at one o'clock, sorry, I will send out a question to this list. If you answer it by email, don't answer it on the post in the group because obviously that will give it away for everyone else and they wouldn't be able to take part in the competition. Only people who are signed up to my author's newsletter can take part in the competition. And I will draw the winner. Um, Let's say that the list of people who answer the question will be closed the following day at 1 p.m., Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to announce the winners at the end of the week or every day as we go along. I haven't decided that yet. Okay, but if you want to know the terms of the competition, please sign up. The link will be in the show notes. And um, as always, um, you can go and find a list of all the episodes for this podcast on my website, www.theintuitiverevolution.com forward slash podcast. Please go and check it out. It's a really good um. Uh, you know, you have a list of everything. So, you know, um, if you're new to this podcast or if you're listening to it again, um, then that will give you an idea of, of the topics that I covered, for example. You might want to binge on that. Or maybe you want to hear all the intuition stories. I mean, I'm going to tell you how many intuition stories I have on my podcast. It's phenomenal because, of course, I launched my podcast with intuition stories from some really uh, um, wonderful guests. Now, I want you to know that the show notes is a work in progress because we're working on it with Dee, my wonderful executive VA, and we are quite behind. Uh, so, but uh, we have three, six, nine, twelve. 16, uh, 16 guests on the podcast so far. Uh, we have seven topics 
um, which are really, really fun. And the topic for next week is going to be intuition. So isn't that great? I'll be talking about all the different shades of intuition and how to recognize when your intuition speaks to you. Okay, that's it for me today. I wish you a wonderful week and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.